Welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Business podcast. My guests today are Devon Reeves and Jessica Myers, two former college roommates who closed a deal on the home Two Suites by Hilton in El Reno, Oklahoma, the first of its kind to be done by African-American women. In this episode, we talk about hotel ownership, the importance of relationships, and how women that are bosses in their field practice self-care and have a balance. Now let's get started. Talk about the black girl magic all up and through here. We have Davon Reeves and Jessica Myers. Um, If you don't know who they are, they are two black women that were former college roommates that closed a historic hotel deal. And I just thought that was so game changing in the hospitality industry and for women, for young black women. So welcome to the podcast, ladies. Mind your business. Thank you for being my guest. Oh, thank you for having thank us. You for yeah, having us. Thank you. Beautiful thank studio you. here, too. Thank Beautiful. you. I'm thank loving you. the green. You know, that's my, my logo. Oh, it is. That's why I said, soon I saw, I said, oh, I need that in my life. That green, <laughs> it just and pops. it pops with the pops, pink. the pink and green going but on. I didn't say all that. I just said Well, green. listeners, you, you see where we're going here. Me and Jessica triumphs the pink and green, and you know what that means, but we, yes. won't go, we won't go any further with that. So, great. So, let's get started. I'm just really excited to talk to you ladies today. And the one thing that really, really intrigues me about this conversation is that you guys were college roommates, right? Yeah. And I think that's one of the most... One of the relationships everybody remembers if you went to college, right? Yeah. Like, I still talk to my college roommate. That's my yeah. girl. We still travel. Yeah. We've been in each other's weddings. So tell me, how did you guys, how was that relationship in college? I mean, it was it was definitely, we had a connection, the synergy, because we, we both were grinding. You know, I was working in media at the time, and then she was working in hospitality. And it's like we both had that hustle. And, you know, we would come home and, and, you know, talk about our dreams and our aspirations. And that's what really connected us and bonded us, um, you know, those moments in that time in college. Were you guys roommates on purpose or did you get matched up? You know, everybody, colleges do it different. Well, we stayed in the village. Okay. Um, at the time, was at Georgia Tech now, but when we were in school, it was at Georgia State. And so one thing that I, I liked about the village is saying that the village is that you get to have your own like bathroom. And mm-hmm. so I didn't have to worry about, you know, <laughs> I was not about that life, you know, right. sharing a bathroom with like uh-huh. 20 other girls and shower shoes. I just didn't, it didn't make any sense to me. So village provided that opportunity. And so um, in the beginning you don't, yeah, no, we, 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 we couldn't um, choose our, when you're a freshman, you couldn't choose your own room if you were yeah. like match. Yeah. And then um, the second year, that's when you get to choose yeah. your own, own roommates. So when you're in college, what did you guys go to college? What were your majors? So mine was sociology and hospitality. And, and I was journalism. Journalism, right? Okay. Yeah, I was actually a television broadcast major. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that's how I wound up working at Fox okay. during, during college. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Okay. So in college, four years, um, did you guys ever have any conversations about, you know what, when we graduate, we're going to go in business together. We're going to change the world. Did that ever? No. I mean, was that? Not at the time. Okay. No. I didn't even think about starting my own business and I was always kind of been like an entrepreneur didn't realize it but looking back like yep. I used to sell candy so I used to be like a neighborhood <laughs> that counts so I used to be a neighborhood candy lady you know I had to take a loan from my mama to buy the candy and she's like you know you gotta pay me back so that's the first lesson that counts. like you gotta pay me because mm-hmm. I paid her back so I'm the candy lady I used to do nails uh-huh. I was a neighborhood you know so I've always been like a little hustler. Yeah, I love it. It's, it's, it's always been, like she said, the spirit of entrepreneurship has always yeah. been there. But I took it the corporate route. Like I was so quick to climb the corporate ladder 
And then that's where, um, you know, when I made it to CBS in New York, primitively in my career, like in my early 20s, I'm working at the Nick Cannon Morning Show, and it felt very hollow. And that's when I was like, wait. You know, my dad was like, what if that ladder you spent so much time climbing was on the wrong wall? Right. And to have that discovery in my early 20s, like, that was the thing. was like, wow, I spent so much time climbing this corporate ladder, and it didn't have the fulfillment that I was looking for. Now, other people, they love it. It works. That's great. But um, but that's one of the things, like she said, I think, and I feel like that's what connected us. Yep unknowingly because even yeah. like you said your girl has been a part of your life part of your wedding yeah. I mean she came in with her analytic skills with her hospitality background she actually helped to plan my wedding um and so and she was a pivotal part in Don't that special day that out there well I do not want to get increased <laughs> about oh, oh, no. no 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 no, no, I mean, she, she, no, no, no. She, she's not a wedding planner but just her logistical right. mind like yeah. she knows how to put an event together she knows how to bring your dreams to life yeah. and, and I tell her I mean it's amazing to have someone in your circle that pushes you and stretches you to, yeah. to more than what you thought. That's important. You talk about transferable skills. Yeah. Right. She didn't, she didn't realize that analytical um, detail helped you with your wedding. Yeah. So that's great. We, we don't realize the things that we do really um, are transferable into other areas of our life. So Davon, tell me about your, um, your path after college. So I stayed at the Hyatt. Um, when, so when we graduated from college, that was the last recession. And so the hospitality took a hit. So this is my second time seeing the hospitality take a hit. Uh, so I remember it like it was yesterday. Um, there was um, uh, hotel brands, they have what you call like a corporate management training program. Okay. And that's all I wanted. That was it. I was like, oh my gosh, I just want to take advantage of this corporate management training program. Literally, they just prep you to become an executive, have executive role. Mm-hmm. And so when you get the, you know, go to the different departments um, within the um, the hotel to learn, and that's all I wanted to do. And when it was time for me to graduate, they suspended the program because of um, the real estate crash and, you know, the recession and everything. And so I was devastated. Like, when I mean devastated, devastated. And um, so I did I did stay with Hyatt. Um, they had different um, – uh, because I did have a relationship, you know, with Hyatt and corporate. Um, I was able to – uh, still go around to different departments and kind of learn. Um, it still wasn't the same experience, but at least I got that exposure. And so then I, I got involved with a task force, and I would uh, they would uh, send me to different locations to train or step in to be a manager or for whatever. And I thought that was exciting. And then after that, I was like, you know what? This is my this is my field. Well, what drew you to the hospitality? You seem so excited about it as you talk about it. What drew you to that? field you know what um working at the Hyatt Regency Atlanta as a front desk agent that was my first job in the space and just working around people the excitement the you know the history behind it you know um, the Hyatt Regency Atlanta was the first atrium hotel in the world or hotel atrium hotel in the world you know Dr. Martin Luther King and Ambassador Andrew Young you know they're walking back and forth through those doors and bringing businesses and Valerie Ferguson, you know, she's the first African-American female general manager, African-American. So all these different, I'm a big history buff. And so I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm in history. Right. And then I'm with people and the hotel opened in 1967. So it was people who were still there since 1967. Right. So that speaks volumes about the company. Right. And it was just the warmth, the friendliness. Um, I just, it was just something that I just fell in love with. It was a challenge. I like challenges. And so I just I just get got bit by the hospitality bug. Yep. So fast forward. So Jessica, you are in real estate. Tell us about your real estate ventures. Yeah, so I actually got started in real estate. As I mentioned, I 
went quick climbing up this corporate ladder. And then I realized, like, wait, I want to own my time. And so that's when I was like, what else can I do to have my money working for me? And that's how I got into real estate investing. And I actually started out as a wholesaler investing in real estate and single family wholesaling. And um, that was very interesting for me because it was a way to get involved in real estate without having to spend a lot of money. So I was helping buyers find properties at discounted prices. And I would help, you know, get an assignment fee as I'm doing this while learning the industry. I'm learning the numbers. I'm learning how to, the art of a deal, how to find opportunity. Um, I'm learning a lot of these elements primitively in my career. And that's ultimately, I was like, wait, if, if I'm sending out the numbers like, well, you can buy it at this amount, you can sell it at this amount and make this much, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. And I'm helping someone else do it. I'm like, wait, I can do it too. So that's how I started, you know, getting, getting my feet wet in the industry and then staying connected with Devon through this, you know, as I'm learning, as I'm building, I grow into renovating as well. And, you know, we're having lunch and she's like, you know what you do over here in the single family space, you can apply that in the hotel space. And that's how the synergy started. That's how really it was just over lunch. You know, like we said, that entrepreneurial spirit always kept us close because it's like, you know, you got that friend that understands like not many friends, you know, I go talk to my friend about my day and they're like, girl, go get a job. (laughs) And I'm like, wait, (laughs) like, wait, I need somebody who can understand who can hear me. And so that's where reaching out with uh, Devon and us having those lunch dates. That's where it's like, Hey, there's some synergy here of, you know, what you're doing in the single family space. You can apply that and bring that here to the hospitality space and we can really make history. And well, I mean, at the time it wasn't, you know, to make history, but that's what it wound up doing. Yeah. And so, Devon, tell me about the Vaughn Group. Yeah, so the Vaughn Group, we are a boutique hotel consulting firm, and uh, we specialize in uh, uh, helping people become first-time hotel owners. We turn people into successful hotel owners. So it's the difference in, you know, helping you become a hotel owner, but to become a successful Successful, successful is the key word. Yeah, and profitable hotel owner. So I I always tell her I'm her first client. (laughs) Like, she turned me, you know, someone who was in the single-family space, and she, she pulled me into a successful hotel owner. Yeah. So fast forward. We're merging real estate experience. We're merging hotel hospitality experience. And on top of that, you're college roommates, so you girls. Mm-hmm. So you trust each other, right? And so you come to do this historic deal um, with a property, Home 2 Suites by Hilton, in El Reno, Oklahoma, at the end of last year. When I tell you that city has gotten so much press, because of the magic here. Walk walk me through the deal. Tell me from start to finish what it is, how it happened, and how how what are you expecting to achieve as a result of that? So everything, I believe in relationships. And um, hospitality, being in the hotel industry, is all relationship-based. And so that's actually how we, that's how this deal came to us, is through a relationship. And uh, one of my good friends reached out and was like, Hey, Dave, actually, really how we found out about this deal? I haven't, look, you're getting exclusive, girl, because I haven't Uh-oh. said this. Whoa. So really, so I put out this post on Instagram, and I'm dancing to, like, Go Crazy by Chris Brown, yeah. to, like, I'm crazy about hotels. And so somebody called me, and they they said, girl, I got a hotel deal for you. And they said it's because of that. I remember because of the Instagram post. So I posted the Instagram wow. in September. He called me in October. And we closed in November. Wow. Yeah. So 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 the deal is valued at eight point three million. Can mm-hmm. I say that? 
Okay. Yeah. In, in partnership well, that's with... How we, that's how much we bought it for. Okay. In yeah. Nassau Investments. So break it down. Hotel 101, what does that mean from start to finish? So start is, I always say you need to start with the ownership thesis, right? So our ownership thesis, we focused on... Um, hotel brands such as premium brands such as like Hilton, Hyatt, Marriott, IHG. Um, and we also wanted to focus on limited service hotels. So limited service hotels are hotels with um, minimum or no food and beverage. Um, we wanted to focus. I have a thing for hotels off of the interstate. Uh, so I'm big on as far as demand generators. Like, so what is going to drive people to the hotel? I don't believe in you put the hotel in the guest will come I don't believe in that like the guests need to already be there needs to be some type of demand and so those different um pieces fit into our ownership thesis and so on El Reno even though it wasn't like the prime location meaning it's not in Oklahoma City but it was right off the The interstate interstate. it was a newer hotel so we didn't have to put in a lot of money um to renovate it because it was new um it was a part of the Hilton brand okay um, we were bringing in a, a, an A1 operator. So it's three things that makes a hotel successful. That's uh, having a location, the brand, and the operator. So we have those three recipes for success. And mm-hmm. then we have the Home 2 Suites by El Reno. Location, Reno. brand, and operator. Yep. Three tips for a successful hotel. So you guys are co-partners with Nassau, Nassau Investments. Investments. Mm-hmm. Okay, got it. You said something interesting Um Y'all put El Reno, Oklahoma on the map. Oh, yeah. I've never heard of that. Where is it? I never heard of it's, it either until so we bought it. It's about 40 minutes <laughs> outside of Oklahoma, Oklahoma City. City. Got it. Yeah. I got it. And so I'm sure you had to do, like, um, consumer insights. What's the communities like in El Reno? So what do you – what are the demographics of the people in that community? Hispanic. Okay. There's some African-Americans mm-hmm. there. So okay. They were happy to see you. Yeah. Like, hey! You know, okay. it's, um, and it's a lot of working professionals too. Yeah. It's a lot of building and construction that yeah, is happening there. And that's been a lot of the demand generator as yeah. well for the area. Okay. Um, it was a lot of construction crews. So you get a lot of people that will send their crew there to work for months on a project. Um, because you got to remember, it's a lot of, you know, oil drilling and things like that, um, that are go- the, econ- the economics that go on um, in the town as well. So it's a lot of building and a lot of construction, a lot of service. Um, that's what, you know, those were a lot of the demands that we saw. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a smaller community, but it's it, it's it's just outside of Oklahoma. It's actually not that far from Oklahoma City. So that helps with the location because we can pull from Oklahoma City. So right. if Oklahoma City is full, you know, that demand can come out to El Reno, which will help give us a lift. So was this already a property or is it a new build? It's our, it was an existing property. And how many rooms? 85. 85 rooms. And so um, did you guys have a grand opening? How did you no, kind of? already it was, it, it was more okay. of a shift in management. And honestly, okay. when we went there to talk to the staff and talking with them, so, you know, yes, we the deal made sense. We to talk to the staff. Yes. And so um, the deal made sense on paper, right? Mm-hmm. But when you go there, you experience the staff and some of the condition, working conditions that they went through. So whether it was a grand opening or not, yeah. they felt the shift in ownership because one of the operators that we're, um, we're working with, they actually – came in and provided a lot of supplies and materials, including benefits to some of the staff. You know, one lady was like, I can finally go to the doctor and get, you know, my glasses and prescription fulfilled. I can finally get a 401k. So whether, you know, it was a grand party or not, they felt the shift in that we care. And that's what we were able to bring to the hotel. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you, you have really impacted the workers at the hotel. I mean, well, this this hotel is different. And the reason why it's so different, because I worked on hotels before, you know, being an asset manager and just being a, um, working in operations. But the fact, and I've always had benefits working in a hotel. 
So it never dawned on me that you work in a hotel and don't have benefits. It just never occurred to me. I just, it's something that I just always assumed. And so when we took over, you know, ownership of this property and people are literally like coming to us in tears because now they have health benefits. It's like, okay, you know what? This is just bigger than trying to increase the percentage of African-American hotel owners. We're changing lives mm-hmm. here. You know, we're creating careers. Hospitality mm-hmm. is one of the only industries, I'm sure as you're aware, that you can, you know, start off as a dishwasher and you can be the CEO of a company, of the same company. Or you can start off as a front desk agent and become a hotel owner. And so just to see that and they get to see our stories and, you know, I'm literally talking to the front desk agent, like literally, I want to hear her story. She's telling me she wants to become an engineer one day. Hotel owners typically don't talk to employees. And so the fact that I'm talking to an entry-level employee, she's going to, she's probably going to want to work a little bit harder. She's now that she has benefits. Now she has an opportunity to provide health insurance to her children and a retirement account. So she can one day retire. It's just a little different, and I feel prideful, and I feel happy. So that, to me, is more more important than anything, and just getting the recognition from the from my hospitality peers, just saying, "Wow, I always wanted to own a hotel, and because of you, it's possible." So and, stuff like that just brings tears. And and, and yeah. it's and not to mention, we are less than two hours from Tulsa, Oklahoma, and knowing you know the impact that we get to have in a hotel that my ancestors probably couldn't even walk in the front door yeah, or even work at exactly. And not even work at, they have to go through the back. And now knowing that, um, that we're in the ownership position, it's, it's been amazing. So you're changing communities. You've changed the workforce. You've changed cultures. Yeah. The culture. She just said, owners don't talk to employees. How does that make you feel? It feels so amazing to me coming from that front desk agent um, position and coming from that entry level position. And before, you know, you know, when you work in an entry level or even middle management, um, sometimes you don't have or even executive, you don't really have those decision making roles. And so I learned throughout my career, in order for you to make a change, you have to get into those decision making roles and. The decision-making roles equates to ownership. We have to own. We have to own so now the brands, now they want to have a, a conversation with us. Mm-hmm. Now they hear us. Mm-hmm. Now we have to force them to have these difficult conversations that they weren't having before. Okay, why don't you have an African-American as a general manager of this mm-hmm. hotel? Why, okay, okay, you have a general manager. Okay, so why isn't there any, you know, regional VPs, mm-hmm. why is the, the executive or the, the CEO or the chief human resources or chief financial officer, we need to diversify this. Well, I can, if you decide not to do that, then I can pull my business away from you or I choose not to buy into your franchise. But in order to do that, I had to own. So regard when, you know, being young, African-American and female, nobody wanted to hear my voice, right? right? And so now I'm forcing you to the point where now you have to call me Miss Reeves because you want my business. And before you didn't want to hear what I had to say. Wow. Talk about... Being a game changer, yeah. seat at the table. Yeah, right. And, and even so, you know, with me being an Aquarius, I've always heard you're trailblazer, trailblazer, trailblazer. And it's not until we did an autopsy on our success. Like I said, when we got together, it was about accomplishing a mission. You know, she set a goal with mm-hmm. her with her grandmother that mm-hmm. I will own a hotel. And it was like, cool, let's do this. Let's let's get to it. And you know, we didn't do it to know we were making history. Yeah. But ultimately, we wound up blazing a trail that now others get to follow, that others get to aspire to. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a lot of those things. You look back, you're like, wow, let's really do an autopsy on our success. Let's see what worked, what yeah. didn't. 
and how can we best move forward? Those are going to be the key elements that allow us to continue to build a roadmap for those behind us so that we bust through the door and we let everyone in. For so long, we were kept out of the ownership conversations. And that's what it's always been about for me. Thinking different, ways to get into real estate reimagined. Like, it doesn't have to look like what you see on HGTV and, oh, I can't do that, so I can't get into real estate. Mm-hmm. No, we're here to show you there are other paths, and that's what we're blazing the trail to do. I mean, you have to follow your passion. So if, you know, if I didn't have a passion, as you, as you noticed before, you know, of, of being in the hospitality space, then, you know, I feel like we, you know, part of this, we wouldn't be here. You know, her passion for real estate, right? Um, so you have to have a, a passion. And I tell people that people are like, well, what's the secret sauce? There's really no secret sauce. You know, you just have to do what you're passionate about. And I think people, they focus on making money. No, you focus on your passion and then the money will come and then the success will come. Like, I didn't do all of this to have this conversation with you. I did all this because I wanted to buy a hotel, that was just something that I wanted to do. The success is a byproduct of it. Exactly. I love that. And so, Jessica, you said something that I'm just a big fan of, passing the playbook on, right, to other people. And as you know, March is Women's History Month, and we talk about uh, the accomplishments of women and what they've done. Who are some women in your lives that have inspired you? My mom. Yeah, I, I was. that was the first thing that came to mind was my mom. Um, and I would say my grandmother. She... Seeing her the way she moved, I realized that I moved in the same way as far as making deals, as far as bringing all the elements to the table, being resourceful, being, um, you know, my mom, she will make something. It's so funny because growing up, I didn't know we were poor until we, you know, and she was like, yeah, you know, she told me her salary. And I was like, I mean, you know, but that's that's what she made. And she made so much stuff work for us. Like, you know, the beautiful studio, you know, she would have made something around the house to, to fulfill that. But seeing her ingenuity, seeing her will to make a way, those skills is what inspired me. Like, like we didn't have a path to follow, but we knew that we were resourceful. I would, I, you know, sometimes you got to watch what you say because she will make it happen. I, I say, oh, we should go, you know, jump over the moon. She's like, cool, I got the rocket. We, uh, th- this part, you want Elon We all Musk? need those friends, right? <laughs> she, yeah. she will make I it happen. That. And that, that, that's what I'm inspired most by uh, my grandmother and my mom. Yeah. I mean, my mom definitely, we definitely didn't. We definitely grew up from, in, uh, from humble beginnings. And, you know, the, the stuff that my mom made um, possible is, you know. St- but we also had a strong support system. So um, my grandmother uh, she played just an intricate role, you know, in my life. And uh, coincidentally, her birthday is the same birth. Her and Jessica shared the same birthday. So I used to always miss Jessica's birthday parties because I used to always go down and view my grandmother. But my grandmother, she um, she's very quiet. So she does if she does something, she really does out of kindness of her. Like all of this, this would be too much for her. Um, she doesn't like people, you know, watching her. She doesn't like she doesn't like to be center of attention. She rather just sit in the corner. Um, you know, me, I'm the Gemini, like, ah, you know, do guy, I got to do things in a huge way. Right. And, um, but going back to, you know, she was very, she's always been hospitable. Um, she's always been, a her heart was just, just bigger than life. And really, I really got my side off dealing with her, you know, cause I was, you know, when people would come to visit her, like she had me, I was a front desk agent, you know, I'm in there cleaning rooms, cooking, you know. You know, because back, you know, in the South, when we come and visit, they want to make sure that you enjoy your stay. And so that's some of the things I learned a lot of that from her, Um, because some things you just can't teach. Some things are just in you. And so uh, my grandmother, um, my uh, my godmother, I've just been very blessed and fortunate to be surrounded 
just a circle of people. My godmother, she passed away. Um, she gave me more of the business sense. She was uh, she um, uh, grew up in the. Um, she was able to progress in the corporate ranks. She worked for in C level suites for companies such as Xerox, and um, so during a time when there was literally nobody of color, and so for her to you know share me some some of the things of what she went through and how she moved up. Uh, Valerie Ferguson, as I mentioned, Erica Qualls Beatty, Kathleen Bertrand, like these women took the time to nurture and talk to me when I was working at the front desk when they were so at the highest level of their careers, and they took the time to respond to my email. And there's also that, that persistence too. That, that you know. oh yeah, yeah persistence. Yeah. You know, yeah. and and I'm surrounded by people now. You know, uh, Carolyn Young and and just so many people who just who nurture me and just be that support system. And so I'm very blessed to be around a lot of strong women. When they say your net worth is oh, your yeah. network, it's yeah. so okay. pivotal. Relationships. Oh, it's mm-hmm. all about relationships. It is, that is so mm-hmm. powerful. Because you want people to remember you, and I don't see. I think sometimes people get it. People don't realize that relationships are transactional, right? You know, people, it's a give and take. That's so right. So if you're constantly asking, 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 and I don't do things, you know, so I can become a girl. Remember I did that? Like, I don't, it just, I don't right. do stuff like that. But people, sometimes they so, they, they just think, innately people are selfish. And people don't realize like, oh, wait, you know what? This person may be going through something or how can I help this person? And those are the people that you remember most, like, People, like Maya Angelou said, people may not remember what you say, but they remember how to make, make you, you feel. feel. Right. You're right. It, it is a give and take. And I think everybody has their grandmother story, godmother story, women that have lifted them. I'm a big believer in um, as you climb, lift. Oh, yeah. Send the elevator back down to oh, help yeah. other women. You have to. And so I want to kind of pivot to, um, I think, mentoring and coaching and uplifting other women is so important. Um, because one, it makes you feel good. Um, it's not only the right thing to do, um, but it sustains women leadership, right? Because Kermitria, Jessica, and Devon, we're not going to always be here. So we need to get the next group of women, you know, ready. And so, uh, Devon, I know you wrote a book called Tidbits for the Emerging Pineapple Professional. Pineapple Professional. Tell me, what is a pineapple professional? So pineapple is the international symbol for hospitality. Okay. And so the book essentially actually talks about what you just mentioned. So this book came about uh, my co- co-author and I, we wrote this book because when we would speak, when we were speaking to students, they were asking the same thing. Well, how do I find a mentor? So I've never had that issue. I never had to ask, can you be my mentor? It was always people just took into me and they became my mentor. And I just didn't, it was all, it was a relationship that was formed. And so the book was, the book talks about, you know, how do you find a mentor, mentor, how do you find a job? You know, what is it like as a coach? You know, you want to have, you know, a mentor, you want to have a coach. You also want to have a sponsor, right? And what that looks like, that looks like you're not in a room, but somebody's advocating for you. You know, a mentor could be not necessarily a formalized relationship, but something that you can, you know, you're having an issue, you're having some type of difficulty or challenge. And you look to somebody who's more experienced, more seasoned, because they've probably been through it, and they're where you want to be. And you just touch base with them. Hey, I'm going through something. But you have to be intentional, you know, because people, busy people and executives, they're extremely busy. That's right. So you can't waste the time. I want to hear about your journey. They don't have time for it. Be very specific with your question and how they can help right. you. Right. You bring up a good point, um, and I want to just clarify. There's a difference between a mentor, a coach, and a sponsor. Oh, yeah. And I always break it down to say a mentor is someone who talks to you 
a coach is someone who talks with you and a sponsor is someone who talks about you. There you go. That's perfect. Because it, it, you know, people tend to blur the line. So I just want my listeners to know there's, there's significant differences between all three. Um, and I think depending on where you in your career, you may not need a mentor anymore. It's time for you to have a sponsor. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think that it, it evolves depending on where or you are. Or even a coach. Like people that, think yeah. when they get to a certain level of life, you know, I even have a business coach. Like you always want yeah. somebody to push you and continue to push you to the next level. Yes. And then there's a therapist, important. right? Yeah. yeah the therapist and, and that's and that's where your girlfriends come in. That's right. You know, I that have, tribe I have my girls. and that community. Yeah. I, yeah. Have my, I have my girls. We call ourselves the manifest mavens, but we manifest, I you know, it. and push each other, you know, really to accomplish our dreams. So. I love it. Yeah. So if there's, I've worked in the hospitality industry, Intercontinental Hotels Group years ago, and, you know, was real in, instrumental on the franchisee part where we were looking to really kind of um, build up minority franchise owners with the brand. So if there's a listener out there that is interested in the hospitality space, getting a job, what should they do and how should they start and how do they even know this is an industry they should be a part of? Well, for one, you'd miss my book. That's a good start. Okay. Hey, let me mention it again. Um, It is Tidbits for the Emerging Pineapple Professional by Devon Reeves. That's a good segue. That book is actually perfect for someone who's trying to get into the hospitality space. And some people think, oh, you know what? This is not a good time to get into hospitality because of COVID. Okay. Hospitality is going to come back. And it's going to come back strong. Clear. <laughs> and then when it does come back, they're going to need they're, they're going to need employees. Like yeah. they're going to people they're going to need people to work yeah. there to, to service the guests. Um, but hospitality is so broad, and I think people they don't realize that you know that they think a lot of times, especially within our community, that it's a servant industry. Industry, and it's like, oh, I'm too good to be being a waitress, a, a cleaning mm-hmm. rooms, and you know, I got my degree, and I'm not doing all that. And that's just all they think, but they don't realize you could be a general manager, mm-hmm. you can be a director of sales, you can be in franchise mm-hmm. or owner relations, you could be a graphic designer, you mm-hmm. could be a lawyer, you know, you could be a developer, you can be a hotel owner, asset manager. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And so, just find out as I go back, as I mentioned, go back to finding what your passion is. More than likely, it'll probably have a place in the hospitality space. Yeah, and it used to be think yeah. big. Now we say think epic. Because it's, it's we yep. want you to reimagine what's possible. So like she yep. said, think outside the box. Yep. Like this isn't going to be the same world our parents had where we can just set it and forget it. Cool. Um, you know, we're just going to be this and that's all we're going to do. Yep. It's about how can I get my entry point into a given area? And then now how do I grow that and go to the top as best I can? And um, mm-hmm. and that's what, you know, we, we're blazing the trail so you can see what's possible. You are. So you mentioned Epic. So Epic Collective. Yes, that's the joint venture that's, between yeah. the two of us. So yeah. that's so that yeah. is where that yeah. came from. Did that inspire the name Epic yeah. Collective? Yeah, we nice. wanted to do something epic. And, and you, that's because you, it's like with our, you had two powerhouses. I'm in that's the single right. family space. She in the hospitality space. I mean, she's managing billion dollar portfolios. I'm building million dollar developments. But you got yeah. two powerhouses that came together to create something epic. And that's why we call I it Epic love Collective. That. Epic Collective. Wow. Organizations, any organizations that people are listening, if they're looking to get into the hospitality space or maybe, you know, real estate or. Nabhood um, would be a good one if they want to get into hotel ownership. That's Nabhood. Na- yep. Na- National Association of Black Hotel Owners, Operators and Developers. Yep. Um, AHOA, um, mm-hmm. Asian um, American Hotel Owners Association. Uh, that's a good one if you want to get into o- hotel ownership. Um, if you want to get more operations and you want to learn uh, the American Hotel Lodging Association is okay. a great place to start. They have a plethora of just information, a lot of free information as well. So 
um, I would recommend those organizations would be okay good to start. Yeah. Um, you guys speak at um, high schools and things yes. like that. Yeah. I love doing career day. And I also work with the Vision Foundation that actually partners with the RCIE Center. Okay. And um, we, we actually work with entrepreneurs to help build their success in business. Nice. I love that you guys give back um, oh, yeah. and yeah. that you own it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You. Yeah. I just started a scholarship in my grandma's name. I love that. Nice. So what's next for the dynamic duo? We have a couple of deals that are coming out that we are going to announce. Great. And um, we're also launching a book as well where um, it's called Epic Conversations on Wealth, where we we speak with commercial real estate experts. And they not only talk about how to acquire these commercial assets, but how to maintain them, mm-hmm. what to do with them. It's one thing to get it like, cool. Yeah. The goal, the bit, the, but you got to keep it. The, the goal is to raise the narrative. Yes. Yeah. Of ownership that we were left out of for so long. Yeah. But now that we got you, we yeah. want you let's to build really a portfolio. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's really, let's really yeah. get in and have some success with what it is that you're doing. So, um, so that's what the book is focused on conversations about commercial real estate experts. Yeah. So you'll have someone from multifamily space, You'll have we have a chapter on public public private partnerships. We have a chapter um, with someone from the com- commercial broker side. We even have someone from the hotel ownership. It's, we even have a wealth strategy. So literally, conversations on how you know you you build this portfolio. Then how do you preserve it? And then how do you pass it down to your legacy? Like how do you create not only create generational wealth, but we need to be talking about how to retain generational wealth. And so we talk about that as well in the book. Getting the business, retaining the business, and then passing the business down. I love it. I love it. So this has been great. Um, You know, I always end my interviews with something called rapid fire questions. And this is just for my listeners to get to know you guys and for us to have fun as we end this interview. So um, growing up, what did you ladies want to be growing up? A domestic engineer. (laughs) Wow. I wasn't expecting that. I wanted to be a... A meeting planner. I had a lot of. I wanted to be a figure skater. A figure skater. So I used to like skate around <laughs> in my uh, dining room in my socks. Uh, I wanted to be a cardiologist until I, you know, had to dissect a cat one time in high school. And I like, uh, not for I'm me. Not, not for me. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, that was it. Wow. What is a domestic engineer? It was a fancy way of saying I wanted to be a housewife. Oh. Because <laughs> I, I, I saw love all, it. everyone working so hard around me. I was like, wait. I don't How want to do I that. Get to the point. Yeah. You know, I, I think yeah. I encountered someone one time. But you got to stop saying it because housewives, they we may have some housewives listening. They're like, girl, it's a lot of work. So, yeah. Oh, oh I, I've since learned. Oh, yeah. I've since learned <laughs> that it is not Let me tell easy you, feat. People, but growing up. And again, <laughs> housewives, now a lot of men are doing it, right? And it takes a specific skill, right? You talk about a CEO of a household. Yes. That a is a lot. Oh, yes. Yeah. I, I realized growing up, yeah. like, oh, when I was younger, I, it looked easy, but no. Yeah. No. What's your favorite type of music? What What's in your playlist now? Or, or well, I'm a member of the Beehive. Oh my goodness! <laughs> but you know that was coming though. Oh my goodness! But you okay. Know. I like okay. hip hop too. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I, I like hip hop, and um, actually, surprisingly, I like rap. I like a lot of rap. Yeah. Favorite sitcom? Sitcom TV show? Hey, girlfriends. I grew up watching Brandy. Oh yeah, Moesha. Moesha. Yeah. Yeah. Alicia, I just I finished a uh, girl. I've been a I was binge watching, so I'm caught up. <laughs> I had to watch all the episodes on Alicia. Netflix. I I love Martin. You can put on oh, any yeah, Martin yeah. season and die laughing. Fresh Fresh Prince yeah. of Bel Air. Yeah, 
Um, is my favorite and living single. Living single. Live. And then you watch them like you've never seen them before, right? <laughs> it's so it's so like I used to love television to the point that's why I started working in it because I loved to see people because I I like that moment in time that no matter what was going on you could relax and laugh. That's yeah. right. You didn't have to think about anything. That's right. I do have a little guilty pleasure with reality shows. Yeah. Well, that was going to be my yeah. next question. Yeah. Reality TV or documentaries? I like documentaries, but if I'm have if I need a little guilty pleasure and I need to look at, you know, a little ratchet, I watch Yeah, I was like I love shows. I love my love and hip hop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is the emoticon that you use the most when the, texting? The smirk. Yeah, you do use that. Oh, there's a smirk one? Yes. Yeah. I just learned something. Yeah. The I'm smirk. Like, okay. And what does that mean when you put a smirk? Does that mean like, yeah, it's right? Or... Like, no, no, no. It's kind of like, hmm. Like, Got you it. Know, I'm, 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 I'm feeling myself like, hmm. Got it. I'm good. What about you, Devon? Any? I use a whole bunch of them. Okay. The lit one, the fire one, the <laughs> oh, shaking yeah. my head. I'm always shaking my head. So I'm like shaking my head. The, the, the cool one, the one with the sunglasses. Yeah. And last but not least, text or talk? Text. Both, it depends. Like, if I'm driving, then I need to go ahead and call you. Because yeah. then once we finish, once I, because I have a two-year-old, so I get distracted <laughs> easily, so I'd be done yeah. with the guy. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm a texter, just like she said, because when I'm, I'm very much in the moment and I'm a present person, so if we're actively talking or, you know, having conversation, I will do it to the T. But if we have a, a conversation and I don't write it down or, you know, yeah, same, put it yeah. in my phone, yes. it, it may, won't, it won't get done. Especially yeah. with all that we have going on now, um, you know, just building, you know, building our different businesses that we're already working on the synergy of what we have going on together. Like she said, she's a mom. I'm a husband, which I have a husband, which feels like I'm a mom. Right. So, so it's, mm -hmm. it's very much, um, you know, texting for me that so, that's the so best form. I just, caught something that both of you said right you are hotel owners businesswoman, boss women but your mom and wives let's talk about the elephant in the room that so many women talk about one how do you balance it all and what is your self-care routine thankfully my husband um he's a reiki master and he does sound therapy and it's very centering he grounds me he uh we've been dating we actually met in college on facebook Nice. Back when Facebook was strictly for college. And and he had he seen me grow. Like I'm not the same 18-year-old he met. Yeah. Now at 30 34. <laughs> he calls it 30 more. But he really has helped to center me and ground me and helps me to balance. Like if anything, he sees me working so hard and he will overcompensate through sound therapy to help keep me level okay. and balanced. So he helps keep you balanced. Oh, what yes. about you? You have a two-year-old. Wow. Two boy or girl. I'm walking, running, getting into everything. Running, climbing. Okay, if he was here, who'd be, be, uh, be, hanging on the microphone? How do you do it? You got a two-year-old. You own a hotel. You just wrote a book. You're writing another book. I don't How sleep. How do you do it? I don't sleep. Like, I was up 3 o'clock texting my team. We need this. We need that. <laughs> um, But how do I balance? I take the weekends off. Okay. And, and what um, does that mean? Do you say, do you put the phone down? No business calls? Um, it's lightweight. Like, I really don't do any work because I want to be present with him. Yeah. I want him, I want to embrace every moment as I possibly can with him because, you know, I, you can't get that time back. Right. You know, you could buy, I could buy another hotel, but I can't get that time mm, back with my Well son. said. And, um, on, and then I try to do everything before he, uh, before I pick him up from daycare. So 
everything before like five o'clock. She knows. I'm like, whoop, girls, time to go pick him up. That's so that right. way I could be present with him. And now it's getting warmer, so I could take him to the park and you know take him to different things. And so that way I could just really be present um, with him. And then as far as to keep that balance and to keep me, I try to do like breathing exercises. I have a mindless, uh, a wellness coach, so she teaches me different uh, breathing exercises. And my thing is my alone time in the car. So I love music. Mm-hmm. So and um, my dad, he passed away, but he's a music junkie. So sometimes I play like his era music, which is like P-Funk. Mm-hmm. And so I have, you know, that's like my little moment. Mm-hmm. But I just like music. So, you know, I listen to music, jam out in the car, and that's like my, I'm not thinking because I'm thinking about the music. You know, mm-hmm. I'm dancing. I like to, you know, bop my You're head present. and stuff. I'm yeah. present. So. It's, like, it's almost like you got to give your mind a break yeah. because, you know, with us being in the industry that we're in, we're constantly thinking, we're constantly creating. That's mm. ultimately, you know, what it is where the, our synergies aligned and we came together to create something from nothing. Like how do we take an idea that we have in our heads and translate it into something that's going to produce results? And when you're constantly thinking like that, you have to be just as balanced about, you know, relaxing your mind, allowing your mind to take a break because your thoughts are like a highway. Because we're stressed because we have people who report to us. Like we have to do our job to make sure that they eat. So not only do we have to make sure our family people eats, but we, it's people who are relying on us. And so, you know, that could be stressful. That's a big responsibility. It's, it's, it's a big responsibility. And so, um, you know, like she said, just to kind of like clear your mind so where you cannot. Because I think sometimes people think that they have, especially black women, right? We feel like that we have to constantly do everything we have to control we have to do it. It's just we just we just have to do it and get it done. But it's OK. It's OK to delegate. It's okay mm. to say no. It's okay to take care of yourself because mm-hmm. I've realized if I don't take care of Devon, nobody else is going to take That's care right. of Devon. And if I don't take care of Devon, I won't be able to take care of my child. That's right. And so I self- want to take care of my child. Self-care is best. I always say, like you said, say no and delegate. And my other one is set boundaries from yes. negative people and negative yes. thoughts. Oh, I don't so. deal with negative people. Oh, yeah. Mm-mm. Yes. Yeah. No. Like, oh, it's, 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 if, if you can't keep more than five minutes on the phone with me, then that's probably why. That's right. <laughs> if, you, if you're if you a negative person or if I feel like, it, you know what, it's, be blessed. I'm going to be blessed. It, it, it's because, the. I mean, we're just getting busier. And, you know, of course, haters are coming. And that's fine. Um, I just stay in my lane. You know, just like a car, you know, if you kind of like drift off, you know, you may get a little accident. So I stay in my lane. And some people be trying to come over in my lane too. That's, That's right. fine because it's another lane for me. That's, and, I'm just keep gonna, it moving. and I'm just going to keep it moving. Keep it moving. I love that. Mm-hmm. Okay. As we close up, if you had to give, I have a lot of people listening from, you know, executives, men, women. What is your piece of advice from a business standpoint? Or just anything, your aha moment or your mantra that you live by? What do you want to share with our listeners? One of the things that I, um, I always focus on is being intentional and thinking epic. Thinking what is that thing in your gut that keeps you up at night that you know you are here to do and that you're afraid to do? Do it and do it afraid. The goal, it's, it's almost like, I don't know if y'all remember that movie 300. Remember, it was it was revolutionary in its time because they were able to because I like to watch behind the scenes. They had like all it it looked like the men went on for miles. But remember, it was like CGI. And that was the first time using that type of technology where really they only had like five rows of men and then repeated it. Right. That's how fear is. So many times fear will it feels like thousands and thousands of men. But when you really get to it, it's only 
that first little iteration, you get over it and you're like, there's nothing behind this. But yet, how many years did it keep you from accomplishing your dreams? How many times did it keep you? That's why I, I created my course from wholesaler to hotel owner so that we can talk about and raise the narrative of what is now possible through wholesaling. Wholesaling is an entry level way to get into real estate and it does not require all the money. It requires you. Now I can take action. I don't have to wait till I have hundreds of thousands of dollars because I'm afraid I can now take action today. And that's what I, I really want to encourage people to do to push past the fear get the education, and really start to take ownership of your life and your career. Davon? I would just say to focus. Focus. Um, Focus on your focus. Focus on your – I mean, really, that's how you become – because I had to do an assessment when I was evolving. I noticed the most successful, uber-successful people in the world. They probably came from worse beginnings, but they all of them had one thing in common. They were focused. And once I shift my focus to become laser focused on my goals, that's when my whole world started to change. And, you know, people, you know, people will be afraid. Well, you know, I have competition. I have this. I have that. You know, somebody's always, you're right. Somebody is always going to be better than you, but nobody can be you. So you have to be the, I have to be, I strive to be the best version of Davon that I can possibly be because there will never be another Davon Reeves, right? So I have to be the best Davon Reeves. So I don't worry about, Who's on the right? Who's on the left? Who's on the front? Who's like, I'm not worried about them people because I'm being focused and I'm being centered and being passionate about what I want to do. Nice. There you go. You have it. Fear and focus. Thank you, Davon Reeves and Jessica Myers, the dynamic duo that acquired the Home Two Suites by Hilton in El Reno, Oklahoma. And if I'm ever there, I'm going to stay there. I don't, I don't Girl, know you just got to tell them Davon and Jessica. <laughs> you I mean, who goes to El Reno? <laughs> will I ever have a reason to go there? You will. <laughs> oh, did you did you want to, um, as far as the ways to reach us, you can reach us. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. You can reach us at Epic Collective on Instagram. You can also reach us personally at It's Jessica Myers on Instagram, as well as It's Jessica Myers dot com. And then I, you just follow me at uh, actually go to my website, www.thevongroup.com. So T H E V O N N E G R O U P dot com. Or just Instagram or LinkedIn. LinkedIn is good. LinkedIn, uh, Devon Reeves. Um, and then Jessica mentioned our Instagram handle. So it's E P I Q. Um, yes, Epic with a Q. Yeah. Epic Collective on Instagram at Epic Collective with a Q. And we put all these links in the podcast. Okay, so awesome. if you guys missed that, we put all the links in the podcast. So there you have it, the dynamic duo. Thank you, ladies, so much. Keep it going. I'm so proud of you. I'm really inspired. Oh, thank, you. thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having thank us. This is so fun. This is my pleasure. Good. You keep us <laughs> like, <laughs> Thank you so much for your time today. I really enjoyed learning from Devon and Jessica. If you have any questions about anything we've talked about today, feel free to reach out to me on my social media handles, which are linked in the episode, along with other links that were mentioned in the episode today. And again, if you like what you heard, please subscribe, leave the podcast a rating, and share it with your network. I look forward to having you listen in on the next episode. And remember, mind your business.